Hello. Hello. Hi, ladies. Hey, welcome back. What? <laughs> How is it going, you two? How's it going? So crazy. Good. Did, did you do okay in that hellish, blistering, mind-melting, Death Valley resembling heat wave this week? <laughs> <laughs> that was really bad. I did not have air conditioning, but I survived just That's fine. what I want to hear. How did you survive? I had a fan. Yeah. You know, I have a tiny little apartment. So I had a fan, and then I put um, dish towels in the freezer. And uh, then I would take them out and bend them because they were all stiff and wrap them around my neck. <laughs> wow, that's a good idea. It worked. And you did that for, what, five days? Just two. Just the two really hot days. I, You know, I don't really melt in heat. But just don't let me freeze. Can't handle freezing. I, I love how you say just the two really hot days. The days where it was 112. Because the days where it was 102 were like nothing. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That is so weird to hear. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> How about you? Yeah, we. Had, I had a moment where I went out. I guess it must have been Tuesday, and it was prop. I and I'm not making this up. It was probably 85, and I went out and I was like, "Oh, it's cold." <laughs> like no. I actually, I actually wow. had a chill at 85. <laughs> like, like, okay, that's. That's not That's right. That's not right. But I, you know, we have air conditioning, so I, I can't complain. We, we did fine. I was worried about the animals. We just controlled them. I mean, we only let the dogs out in very small spurts, just when they had to. There were no walks. Um, we had a kiddie pool set up, so um, we did a couple of little bit of that with the dogs because they do get crazy. They, they need to get their crazies out. Mm-hmm. So um, we had zoomies at like ten o'clock at night. You know. Um. <laughs> Um, which is amazing when you live in the Northwest, it's still light out in the summer. Um, it, in fact, uh, my wife took a video that was that she put on Instagram, and I cannot believe it looks like it's the middle of the day, and it was like ten o'clock at night. But yeah, so we 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 did fine. You know, how about you, Anna? We did okay. We just have a couple of window air conditioners that work really well usually, but this time it just it seemed like hot air was still blowing in at. And uh, it was just because of the temperatures, which I understand, like the Honda dealership up the street of our office, it said like 111 degrees on Tuesday. Mm. And uh, I know Portland Airport, I heard it hit 116. So both Mark and I actually felt pretty sick uh, by the evening, which is so weird because he's from Texas. I'm from the Midwest. And, you know, it was possible because he worked out in the morning and we were still doing like the slow sweat throughout the entire day. And then I decided for some reason that it would be okay for me to shoot hoops uh, in our backyard for just 30 minutes. When I came in, Mark was like, hey, you... You're red. <laughs> and so we took a ride around, you know, our air conditioned car just to get some coolness because we were just, we didn't know we were slowly baking in our home right. until we decided to drive around. But I guess, you know, I mean, we're not the only ones. At least like 1,100 people were sent to the ER between Washington and Oregon. Um, and because uh, they normally expect like one or two visits on a typical summer day, maybe sometimes zero, but like 1,100 in like a couple days or something that's pretty devastating yeah um and then there were like heat related deaths between like from uh in oregon and washington and british columbia mm-hmm. and there was like various reasons of it overheated cars and 
apartments, older homes, and homeless encampments, workplaces, and people like just trying to dip into the the lake, not realizing that the lake is actually too cold for them Mm -hmm. uh, after like 15 minutes or whatever. And if those of you who don't know, I mean, we live in Seattle, Washington, and Salem, Oregon, areas that are the least air conditioned in the country. So we're not prepared for this like punishing heat. So this morning on Facebook, one of uh, my friends, she's a nurse, Her um, it's her ex-husband, but they get along great. He got out of recovery about a year ago, and he's been doing awesome. He has a defibrillator and has some issues. Well, he had gone to a barbecue out at the clean and sober house and then went to his room. And uh, the kids, his daughters went to see him and they said, no, he must be sleeping. And oh. He was dead in his room. And they thought it was because the heat, because the room was all closed up and he had all these other health issues. So that's been pretty right. traumatic for those girls to oh lose their gosh. dad when he's doing so good. You know, he's rocking his recovery. And yeah, wow. that's hard. And it's, it, it's, it's, I think it's a slow. I mean, if you if you're if you if you, I've heard a lot about workers that got sick, you know, people who had to go to work that day and maybe work in outdoor fields. Um, in fact, I remember I went somewhere and they were doing some construction. I think it was Saturday or Sunday, and I could not believe they were working in that, but they had to. And you know, you can watch for heat stroke, you can watch for for the signs, and you sort of know what to look for. But like the gentleman you're talking about, this was just. Um, the elements themselves were just too much for his body to handle. And and I don't know that you see those signs, you know. I mean, I'm so sorry he was alone in his room. That's just so sad to me. Yeah. But um, even if he'd been with people, you know, I don't know that any outward signs would have shown. Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a very slow, strange way. I've heard that um, similar things about hypothermia when you freeze to death. It's a similar thing mm-hmm. where it just happens very slowly. But it's really, it was tough. And, and people do, you know, other parts of the country are like, oh, what's the big deal? They People just don't have air conditioning here. It's just not something that normal people have. I happen to be fortunate that the house I'm living in had it installed in, I think, the 90s. And I think the only reason they put it in then was because uh, they had some health issues. They were, Sharon's parents were getting older and they felt like they needed, you know, the climate control. And so they had it installed. And, um, you know, thank God they did. And the neighbors, I noticed the, na- the neighbors on either side of us are elderly, and they also did, did a similar thing. But just about everybody else that I've encountered up here does not have it. Yeah. My boss, um, she said that she got her air conditioning like several years ago, and people were laughing. Who's laughing now? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing I was I was worried about was the power. I was very concerned that we'd have a power outage here because um, people who do have air conditioning would be cranking it and people who bought, you know, the units and all that stuff. But we didn't. I was very surprised that everything hung on. Did you guys have any power issues? Yeah. In Graham, they had totally lost mm. their power and all the wow. hotels were full. So people that, you know, even if they had air conditioning, they couldn't run it. They couldn't get a hotel. So they were just stuck in their hot oh. house. Oh, man. Sheesh. I know. Yikes. Yeah. And the thing is, is we just don't know. Like when I go to California to see my kids, my daughter's like, are you drinking water, mom? Got to be drinking water, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's Mm -hmm. hot. And here we just don't think about that. And I think a lot of people just forget, you know, to hydrate. Right. Or they go, oh, I'm going to have a cold beer. I'm going to have six cold beers. And then alcohol actually makes it worse, you know. 
dehydrates you. I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't have a cold beer or two, but you know, you you have to make sure that you're drinking plain old fashioned water on on top of all of that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I and I felt like we were drinking a lot of water that the hottest, hottest day. I think that was Tuesday. I was drinking water all day and I still got sick. I felt sick. And I wonder then if it was because of the slow sweat all day that, you know, you might be drinking water, but you might be losing electrolytes. I don't know. I, I, gotta... I, I think you're 100% right. I agree. I think that's a good diagnosis. I'm going to fact check myself. Because <laughs> you, you said you, right played, you played hoops that one day, but um, you didn't do it all day, every day for hours, right? I mean, you, you there should have been a recovery in there somewhere along the way. So, yeah, I think you're right. The slow, the slow leak. The, the slow, slow leak, leak of your sweat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. Mark was like, you know, he, he had no idea he was getting sick until uh, we, we realized what was happening at the end of the day. So you're slowly, like I said, slowly, slowly baking. We're, we're in an easy bake oven. How'd your uh, kids fare? And... They were fine. In fact, um, my son was like out there longer than I was. You hear about the whole children and elderly can get really sick from this heat wave. I guess any, anybody can get sick, no matter what age and no matter how healthy you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose. <laughs> Another interesting thing happened here. I noticed I have, uh, so I have two dogs. One is short hair, one is long hair. And then where I'm living, uh, my sister-in-law has a, a golden retriever, so he's very hairy. Those dogs, they were shedding like crazy. They blew so much hair. I could not believe it. I went upstairs like Saturday morning and I'm like, holy crap, what's all this hair? They just were like, poof. It was so weird. I vacuumed like every single day, you know, these poor things. I didn't know that happened. I didn't either. And it's not like they were outside that that much. Like I said before, we we really limited their time outside and inside is perfectly temperate. But I just think there was something instinctual going on where for the time that their body was outside, it went, oh, it's hot. I better blow some hair off. And they just like waited. (laughs) They couldn't do it outside. They had to wait till they were like on the couch. And then... Yeah. <laughs> then plop. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wouldn't that be interesting to just be able to control that with our hairy legs? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, oh, this getting hairy. Yeah. Let me just make my hair fall out. Yeah. When when I was uh, raising my kids, we had horses and we had this really hot spell, and then it actually got cold and snowed again. Well, that really hot spell was early and the horses did the same thing. They just blew out their hair. It wasn't a slow shed. It was like, whoa, you know, spring is here. (laughs) And then we had to put, you know, coats on them because when it got cold again, they'd blown out all their hair. Oh, so they got little horse coats. Oh, so it doesn't grow fast. No, won't grow back until next fall because they have their winter coat, you know, their fuzzy winter coat. And come spring, it starts gradually coming out. Well, when when we just had this really hot spell, their bodies thought, "Oh, wow, we we missed spring and went to summer." And this all their they just shedded all their hair out. All their hair is gone. Yeah. Oh no. See, we we need a a way to make it so that all the animals can shed when they need to, and then they could grow their hair when they need to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Poor horses. Scientists work on that. <laughs> Remember those dolls? That doll that you would crank and her hair would grow and then you'd <laughs> crank it. Yeah. That's the yes. best. The, the hair cutting kind where yeah. you, sh- you cut it and then you could like crank something to your hair. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. That's so great. 
<laughs> Always wanted one of those. <laughs> I think I had, I seem to recall I had a Play-Doh thing too, that it was like a face. Yes. And you'd squish the Play-Doh and the, like the little stubble, like like he'd had a beard and his little stubble would come out and then you'd shave the Play-Doh. Yes. Is that a thing? Yeah, <laughs> it is. yeah that's a thing. People are going to have their Play-Doh hair. I did see several pe- pictures of people who had long hair and during the heat wave, they cut it. They said... Heat makes you do crazy things, and they showed their short hair. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. It it was affecting me. So I I really felt like it lasted a couple days. Look, just my my mind was melted or something. Like, I really felt like I was, I don't know, trashed or something. Like, I felt like I could have been drunk, and I wasn't. Wow. (laughs) Like, that kind of, yeah. So maybe, wow. I'm glad I didn't have to make it to the ER. Me too. Weird. You know, the other thing that was weird about it, though, was the, the temperature swing. I mean, it even even on the days where it was 112, it still got into the 60s at night, mm-hmm. at least yeah. here, which, you know, talking about a 40 or 50 degree swing in, in the south. It's not like that. If it's if it's 100 in the day, it's still 92 at night. And so yeah. you can't yeah. balance like, you know, here you can open the windows at night and get the cool air in and kind of balance the room and then close it up when it gets hot in the day and then and then rebalance it at night. You can't do that in the South. It's just, it's always hot and sticky in these, you know, especially June, July, August. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is whack. It is. I hope we're done with it. I hope that doesn't, that dome or whatever it was, I hope it doesn't come back. At least not this year. Say, hasta la vista. Yeah. Whatever you I want. want to keep this. 78. I just want to, I just want to set the world at 78 and leave it there. (laughs) Right. I agree. I'm good with clouds, rain, sun. I don't care what the actual sky is doing. I just want it stuck at 78. (laughs) I posted, uh, what is your temperature? And I must've got 200 people comment. And a lot of them were like, I'm in Arizona. It's 115. No big deal. You know? (laughs) Right. So. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's normal. That's the other thing. Those people that live in Arizona and Palm Springs and whatever, that's just like normal for them. I know. Crazy. But they all have air conditioning. Right. Yeah. And and they're acclimated. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got to think about like uh, several months ago when Texas had their deep freeze, you think that, hey, that can't, that's not too bad. But then you realize, well, no, 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 that's, they're not, they're not acclimated for that. They're, they're not prepared for that kind of thing. And, and um, they weren't and just mm-hmm. bad things happened. Yeah. But I mean, both, yeah, elect, the electricity going out, you know, oh, bad, yeah. bad yeah. things happen socially and politically, but also you're right. They, they're not built for that. Right. Um, at all. Yeah. I forget. Did mm-hmm. it snow or was it just yeah. that it was cold and it was icy? I can't remember what happened. I just remember. It was I believe bad. it snowed. Yeah. 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 And the then planet, they lost and power. Planets do weird things. Yeah. Yeah. So then they, you know, they're not used to the cold like these people in Graham, not used to the heat. Then they lose power. Oh, One thing you have yeah. on your side. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. not to change the subject, but my sister said to me this morning, what kind of world do we live in where Bill Cosby gets off free and Britney Spears is still oh. in the custody of her dad? What What a crazy week. Yeah. So, okay. First, I want to clarify something on the Britney thing um, because sort of two things happened. She so last week she testified um, to end the conservatorship outright, Um, but 
several months ago, there was um, they wanted the conservators wanted the judge to add um, a bank or somebody else to the conservatorship and remove her father from it. And that ruling came down this week. So it's not the judge. The thing that Brittany made the plea for last week is not what happened this week. All they did this week, it was almost like paperwork, where they said, no, her father still remains in charge of the conservatorship. That was not the decision about whether or not the conservatorship is going forward. And I really wish the media had made a better distinction about that, because now everybody's like, oh, poor Brittany, they're never, never going to let her go. No, this was just, it was sort of back-ass words that it happened in that order, Um but that that's not the final say on Brittany. Her the the case that she pled last week is still pending. Um, but that said, yes, I completely agree with you. What kind of a world do we live in where Britney Spears has no control of her life and Bill Cosby gets to run around free? It is that was infuriating. You know, I, I think of when they landed on the moon and they said one big step for man, a uh, big step for humanity, however that went. But I went, this is one big step backwards for victims. Backwards, yeah. And oh. it was on a technicality. Yeah. So if you got plenty of money and it, he wasn't acquitted. And then Felicia Rashad was like overjoyed all, all over the media. And I'm like, these women suffered at his hand. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Felicia Rashad made that response i just i was stunned well that's disappointing he basically admitted to to a lot of it like oh well you know just drugs (laughs) you know right and it's it's like wow and then he just and so quickly if he had been anybody else even even if the same thing had happened to like you know joe schmo down the street he'd still be in jail for another week until they figured out what to do with him bill cosby was out in like 20 minutes he was by the time the news hit, he was home. Yeah. It's just not right. And I, I just think of all the women that work so hard to make this happen. Now they did do some other things, really good things. They worked to get um statute of limitation changed because most states it's seven years. And people say, Well, why didn't you tell? Well, now we know why, right? Because nobody believes them. They get right. treated horrible. They get re-victimized. So many of the women have got on committees in their own states to uh, lengthen the statutes of limitation. So somebody who wants to come forward, you know, they're a kid. They can't come forward when they're 11. Uh, you know, they can come forward as an adult. So that is something good that came of it and that he was found out, even though some people still really, you know, believe he's innocent. I, I wonder, are is anyone saying anything about the prosecution team? Um, because if this was even, what, don't don't they like keep track of every single conversation and everything and how everything was handled, the entire case, so that when they see that that had happened, uh, they would have foreseen it and and known. Okay, it was cover it was that. foreseen. It was foreseen. It was foreseen. They so, absolutely knew it was a risk going forward. Yeah, they, they totally knew it was a risk going forward. In fact, I think I remember the prosecutor, the new prosecutor saying something about that. But the thing is, it was never in writing. The deal. So what happened was the original prosecutor who was there at the time that Andrea Konstad, the one named victim, uh, and he went to court and they want he want they wanted him to do a deposition. And the agreement was 
He would give his deposition and say his side of what happened if the prosecutor agreed not to file charges against him. They went ahead with the lawsuit, uh, her suing him for what he did to her. I'm not even going to say allegedly for what he did to her. But but in terms of it being a, quote, crime, they there was an agreement not to do that. But it was never in writing, or at least nobody can find it in writing. And so the newer prosecutor who decided to go ahead and bring the charges went ahead anyway, thinking because it wasn't in writing, maybe they would get away with it. So this was always going to be a risk. It's just disappointing oh. that it that it happened. I feel like if they knew that there was a chance that he could get off on that, mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, then do something about that part of it so it doesn't become an issue in the future, and it did. But look at it this way. Think of all the people who get away with literally murder because prosecutors strike deals to let them plead to lesser charges so they can get bigger fish. Now, in this case, Cosby was the only fish. But, you know, and we've all watched Law & Order, right? I'm not talking till I get a deal, right? I mean, this happens all the time. Prosecutors let people walk for horrible crimes because there are people who committed even more horrible crimes that they need that testimony to get to. So, and that's what the judges were saying. And I'm a little pissed that the judges were like, oh, you, it was so sanctimonious. Like you've, that yelling at the prosecutor for, for, I don't, I can't even remember the words they used, but basically you've like, you know, gutted our judicial system by breaking the oath of blah, 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 whatever. Sorry, hang on, edit that out. Don't say that. <laughs> but, um, but it's like, you know, I, but I, but I get it. It is, it, it's, it's crappy that that happens, but it is part of the system right now. And if you want it, like what Anna, I think what you're saying, if you want to change that, then change it. But I think that a lot of prosecutors use it as a tool. But knowing that it could turn around, even though it felt like it was all locked in and he was locked up. But there is always that chance. I, I know you're right. I, it's that's the kind of thing that's scaring me right now because how many other people whose testimonies were used in the exact same way will be released too? You know, even though it's clear they were guilty, they've they've confessed. They had so many witnesses. How many guilty as charged people could be released because this happened? I mm-hmm. I wonder that it'll be a precedent. Uh, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's that organization called um, the oh. Um- yeah. Um, Something project. The Innocence Project. Yes. The Innocence Project. And here they try to get people off the hook that are actually not guilty. And it's right. such a huge ordeal. You know, they have all kinds of volunteer lawyers and doctors and everything working with them. And it's so hard to get someone off that's actually innocent and then to get someone off that's actually guilty. They, can they come back to this then? So he's he's home now. Can they come back to it because he had confessed and it's clear that it happened? These th- these uh, these things happened. I don't think so. Or because is he just like totally what, off? Lori was talking about the statute of limitations. I think so many of them. I think he, I think he filed the pro, the newer prosecutor filed this like within days of Andrea Constad's case coming out of the statute of limitations so i don't i don't think he can i don't i think he's just done yeah i don't think you can be tried again once you've been let go but i listened to a podcast um chasing cosby and the reporter was actually a reporter when all this came about and she did not believe the women that were coming out 
And I know a lot of us were like, what? You know, but she didn't believe them. But then when it kept happening, she started really researching it as an investigative journalist. And boy, she came up with so many things and talked to so many women. And it was just amazing. You you couldn't walk away from that podcast without knowing all that he did. And the arrogance Ooh. of, you know, thinking he was going to get away with it. And the women that, you know, didn't come forward and they were in their 60s and they're like, well, you know how we would have suffered, you know, and it's like we're in a different place now. But, you know, even 40 years ago would have been different to come forward versus when Andrea came forward, you know, 10 years ago or however mm-hmm. long, um, you know, and it's just that whole being believed. And it, it's so sad. We're in this free world where we <laughs> we think we're so evolved and we still have this happening. Mm-hmm. So disappointing. Yeah, I guess he was out yesterday, and he was wearing a T-shirt from his high school, and they they put on social media, "Please stop wearing that. We don't want to be associated with you." So he's <laughs> he's you know the the one consolation the, the he has been punished in terms of his reputation is in tatters, and that's that's important because twenty years ago he was the I mean. He was the top of the world in terms of reputation. And, and, and he, you can't discount what he did. I mean, that's so, what is so frustrating about Bill Cosby is how much he did for people um, individually and um, as a representative and in television and in hiring and in, in all of that stuff. He, he really was an icon. And that's all gone, along with his honorary degrees and a whole bunch of money and, his you know, he... His life is forever changed. In a way, he will be a, a in a prison of his own sort of making. But um, it and he's eighty three years old. I mean, does he really need to be behind bars? You could you could ask that question also. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's um, it just what you guys were saying about how this could be the precedent for a whole bunch of other people getting out. That's that's what's that's really chilling. Scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. So that was disappointing. And then uh, this came out a while ago, and I am just listening now, Confronting Columbine. And it's a podcast with Amy uh, Over, and she was one of the victims. She was, I mean, she was there. She wasn't hurt, but she was right there in the midst of it. And it has been so interesting because remember a few weeks ago, we talked about suicide, the high rate in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And she talks about that, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, the way um, the way they didn't get the support. It was the first time that had ever happened, and nobody knew what to do. So everyone in the country, like, sent them things. She said, this UPS truck pulls up and gives me, like, 10 boxes, huge boxes of tampons. And she's like, uh what am I supposed to do with these? You know, but everybody wanted to do something, but what they really needed was more emotional support. And like the parents, kind of just the kids that didn't get, you know, like shot, they were only like shot at or saw dead bodies. They are like, get over it. Get on with it. Mm. And one of the basketball players who was a star player, he was going places and he was in the room with the teacher that died. 
he, after a year, he uh, ended his life with suicide because he couldn't, he couldn't cope. He didn't know how to cope. And I think we've been talking a lot about mental health. And what this really showed me is how important it is that we can keep having conversations about mental health and, you know, be being careful how we, when we see someone. So this morning I'm at the pool swimming and all of a sudden I hear this lady screaming and she's screaming, get out of the pool. Well, apparently the guy next to us was in her lane. And sometimes if nobody's in the lane, someone will jump in it until the person comes and they'll get, get over in a different lane. And I thought, you know, what I found out from the um, front desk because I went to give the lifeguard an accommodation because he handled it so beautifully. She said, yeah, she's she causes trouble around town. She's an older woman. And I thought, you know, obviously she has mental health issues, you know, mm-hmm. and this is this is a place where in your family you could be like, oh, they're crazy. Or you could say, obviously, she has mental health issues and you can have a conversation with your kids. So it's not this big, scary thing of, oh, they're crazy and they're going to get put away. So it was very interesting to look at her go back and confront. It was called confronting Columbine, but talk to everyone in, and h- how much those kids lost. Yeah. How um going back to your story, Lori. What um how did the lifeguard deescalate? You, do you think that was the lifeguard trained, or do you think that was something that he or she just innately knew how to do? What I found out is he was the captain of the swim team. I, he obviously had skills, so he's obviously taken some training, and he, he didn't know. You know, she was screaming, and he was at the other end of the pool, and, of course, everybody stopped swimming, and we're all looking. I mean, there's 10 lanes, and so he, he's looking up, and she's yelling, I can't get him out of the pool, and then she, as soon as he, the mm-hmm. swimmer gets to her, she's just screaming, get out of the pool. Just, I mean— ridiculous and so he walked around so he tried to tap the guy when he did his little crawl flip and he missed him so he walked to the other side and he was able to reach his little thing that they carry out and tap him and and so the guy was like oh oh i didn't know and and she's screaming at him still and and he's getting out and the the lifeguard was like ma'am ma'am i know this is your lane and he's going to be out you know so he validated her but he also mm. was like, you can stop yelling now. So he, uh, you know, I wrote him an accommodation because he could have just been yelling it back at her, you know. Right. But mm-hmm. he just, he, I mean, he just really handled it. I was like, wow, I cannot believe he's a high schooler. And, um, you know. He's I, in high school? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I think that. Like you said about de-escalation, I think mental health needs to be talked about more in school and de-escalation as well, because, you know, I work in the field of recovery. And so, you know, I deal with that on a regular basis, you know, when people relapse or, you know, uh, when I come upon something, uh, because that's what I do. That's what I know. But people, if you learn it, then it gives you a little empowerment to be able to keep yourself safe. And like with Columbine, you know, it wouldn't have served anybody to try to de-escalate those boys. But there are other situations, you know, where you can use your voice and um, when people are freaking out. So you were talking about people saying, get over it. 
that's absolutely not what you want to do. And I love that this young person that you're talking about was able to to de-escalate it, deal, help the other person who may not have the mental capacity to deal, to to help her out. I mean, that's amazing this young person did that. I uh, I think a lot of older people could like really learn from 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 the young people right now because I do not like I I'm I'm just horrified still with the get over it. I'm so horrified that people could say that to 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 the young folks or anybody to anybody. I know, isn't that terrible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is terrible. I, I think there's so many things that we do that. Um, like I, I was talking with a friend who's got a really frustrating situation going on. And she goes, well, after venting, you know, she goes, it'll all work out. And I go, you know what? It might not. But I know whatever happens, you'll figure it out. You'll deal with it. And she's like, well, um, I don't know. It might not work out. You know, it's like people want to they they feel uncomfortable. So they say, oh, you know, it always works out. Everything will be OK. Well, sometimes everything's not OK. Sometimes people die of cancer. That's not OK. Sometimes you know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. when we start to pay attention to our ridiculous language and and we choose to be awkward, you know, when you feel uncomfortable, ask yourself, oh, okay, I'm a little uncomfortable, so um, maybe this is about me, not them, and maybe I just need to be hot and bothered for a minute and not say anything to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, if any of you ever have had a miscarriage, but... Um, I did. And my mother-in-law said, oh, you must be so relieved. And I I was so blown away. And then when her daughter had a miscarriage, she went and made her dinner and cleaned her house. And and so whenever I know somebody that's had a miscarriage and they go, oh, well, it was meant to be. I go, no, it wasn't. That's a horrible thing to go to go through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People say it was meant to be. That's the worst thing you could say. What do you mean? That's not, mm-hmm. why do you get a baby and I don't? <laughs> you know, people mm. just say things yeah. to make themselves feel better. Mm. Right. More conversations about this. More validating, yeah. more believing. More validating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. think if people would have believed those Cosby, the women that had been offended by Cosby right away. When it happened. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right when it happened. Mm-hmm. 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 Stop it in its tracks. Yeah. Well, you know, um, this week, the Boy Scouts agreed to a a massive settlement with um, thousands of victims. And what's interesting about that is those are things that went back to the 1960s. And this is what what I don't understand is, and I don't mean to to belittle their cases because this is is massive, but how is it that you can, I guess these are, these aren't, these aren't. Uh, this is a lawsuit, not a criminal accusation. So I guess I just answered my own question. But you're talking about, you know, sixty between sixty and eighty thousand people. I'm assuming most of them men, but probably not all of them, alleging abuse at the hands of scouting leaders or or volunteers going back to the 1960s, and the the scouts are settling this for like. I can't remember that was staggering. Is eight hundred and fifty million or six hundred and fifty million? Just a, a huge amount of money. But they're sort of capping it at that, and then they'll go and they'll dole out the money to people who who will come forward. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, did it? Were they in a position 
to have said that these things happened then when they were children? Would anybody have believed them? You know, in, in 1970, would any have believed that your scoutmaster would have done that? Whereas, you know, now we're looking back or Bill, you know, Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby wouldn't do that. He's America's dad. You know, like at, at what point in your life, whether you're male or female, when you're a victim, do do you start to be believed? Has do I mean, Laura, you, you're probably the um, most experienced and, you know, just in terms of um, the people that you coach. Um, is it changing? Are more people? I know you always talk about believe, believe, believe and that people don't get believed. But please tell me more people are being believed now than they were 40 years ago. You know, is it improving? Um, to some degree, because there's more information. But here's the thing. Um, it. It's hard for both men and women, but men tend to not want to say anything ever because they somehow think it's their fault more than I think women do. And that's why we do the podcast we do called No Longer Ashamed, because men don't want to tell. They don't they feel like they should have been able to fight. They feel like they should have been able to handle it. And Mm. um, I don't know if you know who Jim uh, Clemente is. He's uh, an FBI agent, retired. He's uh, Criminal Minds. He works on that show. He's not on it, but he he um, coaches and and uh, develops the plots and whatever you call that. And he was, as a child, abused at a camp. And he never said anything. He thought it was just him. Well, one day, when they were older, him and his brother, his brother told him what happened. And both of them decided, well, I guess we better not tell. But then what happened is they saw that guy that had abused. He was sitting on a school board. And oh. when they saw that, they said, we have to do something. So uh, he went to the police and the FBI. And what happened was they wired him up and he went and, you know, kind of like reestablished a relationship with this creep. And he said it was so gross because he had to sit and act like, you know, when he was bragging about all this stuff he did. Well, then they got enough stuff on him. And the FBI uh, afterwards offered him a job as a profiler. And he goes, but, I, I, you know, I don't have any education. They said, no, what you went through. And he said, listen, when you tell your story, your life will change. Hold on just a second, guys. I'm like on the edge of my seat here. I know. <laughs> what do you mean, hold on? She stopped. <laughs> you know, you guys were talking about like, hey, hey, how do you know something bad's not going to happen? And uh, you remember Finding Nemo where Dory and Marlin were stuck in the whale? Yeah. And she's like, okay, the whale says let go. And Marlin's like, well, how do you know something bad's not going to happen to us? And she goes, I don't. <laughs> right. It was so cool because it was such a good lesson. It's like, you never know what's going to happen. Yes. And then several scenes later, she's like, I wish I could speak whale. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't worry. They won't eat us. Whales eat krill. Oh, look, krill. <laughs> I posted a video the other day of a humpback whale. Uh, a researcher had been doing some work and the whale had actually saved her from a shark. She thought it was a small whale next to him and it was a shark. It actually what? flipped her over his body and flipped her onto uh, back onto the boat. And then two years later, she went back and he recognized her and the boat and he was doing the straight up and down thing, you know, whether it's he or she, I don't know. 
and and she jumped into the water. It was like he was hugging her. It was incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And what? so Ellen was interviewing her and she goes and she said to Ellen, Well, you speak whale. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Did Ellen remember? Did she go, What? I do? Yeah. <laughs> What's my name? <laughs> Um, Lori, you had us on the edge of our seat. We were like, you, we were like yeah. telling the story, and then you walked away, and Anna and I were like, "What? Where'd she go?" <laughs> so, anyway, they they caught, yeah, they caught him. He went to jail, and they offered him a job, and he said, "Your life will change when you tell your story." And our podcast is about that. It's like, um, if you if you have been abused and you've been holding it in because of shame, of fear, of whatever. Find somebody safe and tell your story because your story matters. And most likely, if that happened to you, think about the Boy Scouts. They finally came out with Oprah. Oprah did a show, and that's when they started talking. Well, one did, and then the rest. So then it looked like, well, me too, me too, you know, but that's the way it happens. We don't tell because we know nobody will believe us or they'll shame us. And so, but truly, if you can be brave enough and find somebody safe enough, you can start telling your story and your life will change because then it doesn't have a hold on you. You are able to let go of being a victim. Mm-hmm. And there's help. Lots of help now. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of help now. That's true. There's so much help and there. It's more, I, I mean, people, I'm sure kids must hear this talked about, right? Like kids who go into scouting or, or who go into whatever activity where there are, you know, adults that are in charge. Um, I, I'm sure there's an, uh, some parents have conversations with their children about what's appropriate and what's not. And maybe in school they teach this. I have no idea. But at our essence, we're still people, you know. You're still a 14-year-old boy who is having something done to you that you don't want anybody to know about. You exactly. Know? And and no matter how much education you get about this is wrong and you need to tell somebody responsible, are you going to tell? Right. Wow. Well, and you know, because Law and Order and um, Bull, a lot of these shows have done the story. Uh, Bull did this guy's story. I just realized when I was telling it uh, that Bull did a story similar. And what happens is like, so uh, uh, Avrame, Kippel, he's a um, priest. He just came out just before COVID about his nanny and his counselor really encouraged him to report. Well, he didn't want to. He didn't want to. He was never telling anyone. And his wife and his mom said, we don't know what's wrong with you, but get counseling. Well, he went to counseling. He finally told his counselor his nanny had abused him from eight to 18. Mm. There were eight kids. And, you know, he was never going to say anything. And then when he finally did... He, I mean, he was on TV that was all over the place that he and she went to jail and she denied it all the way to the end that she had done anything wrong. But now that he had had to do that, like he didn't want to do it. He's a rabbi. He didn't want anyone to know. And but then now he's an advocate and he is so passionate about helping people and getting people to, you know, get the help they need. So um, it, it really is, you know, that shame goes away. That shame can really go away. So if somebody is holding on to that, just know that when you start to talk about it, it loses power. Mm-hmm. Wow. The shame goes away. That's important for people to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what Brene Brown talks about all the time. Mm. Shame and how to get rid of it. Sometimes part of the problem, people dismiss. Yes. Um, 
the similar things happening if they're talking about it's happening to somebody else and they're like yeah they're always crying wolf yeah they're not to be believed don't don't ever go that route because then people will think oh well if people don't ever believe then yeah how are they going to believe me when this right. you know this has been happening just don't go there don't right. go there anymore if yeah. you if if you're teaching that to your kids stop it right now exactly err on the side of believing so what if you believe them and they're wrong you deal with that mm-hmm. but you know the percentage of times that it's not going to be true is I mean I don't know I could make it up but like three percent you know what I mean there are sometimes kids that you know tell stories but when they're when they're saying things that a kid that age shouldn't know about you know just believe them but I think where we have denial is so big you know it's like I I remember with Bill Cosby I didn't want to believe it I didn't want him to not be Mm -hmm. who I thought he was right right so that denial is pretty strong Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he's doing it to, if he did it to your kid, he's probably doing it to somebody else's. Exactly. Kid. Right. And right. they're not going to stop. They're, they don't, you don't age out of being a predator. Exactly. And if it's at a camp and you think you're the only one and so you don't say anything and then you find out all those years, oh, child after child after child, mm-hmm. you know, and um, yeah. they're good at what they do. They're good at what mm-hmm. they do. They're good at lying and manipulating and scaring you know so yeah but um but yeah uh, the the whole me too movement i hope made a difference for people to go okay i'm gonna risk telling my story but i'm gonna at least find somebody safe and people you know most why would you make that up why would you make that up you know i'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not saying there aren't cases where somebody wants vengeance on someone for something and claims they do something that they didn't do. I'm sure it does happen. But for the most part, nobody is going to make that up. They're just not. Right. Um, And they might not even be capable of making that up, especially children. There are details that these children victims know that no one their age should know. Right. You know, but even... You know, the, the, the actresses who, who were victims of, of Harvey Weinstein, you know, why would they make that up? They wouldn't. Right. They, they have nothing to gain by it now, right? Nothing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a victim of Harvey Weinstein? Here, I'm going to put you in my movie. It, there's nothing. You get nothing except for you get it off your chest. You get the opportunity to heal. Maybe you do get the vengeance of seeing him go down because you've told your story and now maybe other people will come out and tell your story. But to just invent, you're not inventing it out of thin air. Right. And you may never Mm -hmm. act again if you turn him in. That's right. It's like, you know, when when women try to say that they're with an abusive man and the, you know, domestic violence, the same thing happens. They're not believed. And often the man will end up with the kids. Because they go, oh, here's another woman crying wolf, which mm. that happens, but not very often. And so um, the the woman that's on with Jim Clemente on his um, podcast, um, she says, if we start calling it coercive control rather than domestic violence, because domestic violence has a, something to it that people feel like, well, who am I to judge? But coercive control is when somebody is controlling somebody else. That is not okay. You know, our laws have got to change for these victims. And it starts with us saying we believe. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can we circle back to Britney Spears real quick? Yes. (laughs) Do you find something out? 
No, just the, oh. what you just what you just said, Lori. Coercive control. Something. Yes, coercive control. You have to remember that the reason that Britney is in this conservatorship is because she had such a severe mental illness at the time. She was being manipulated by men. There yes. were a couple of men. I'm not talking about Kevin Federline. I'm talking about a couple of other men who had controlled her emotionally, her money. They were fleecing her. Um, they put her in that conservatorship in order to protect her from predators. Um, right. Now, whether she still needs to be in it 20 years later is another story for that, that's playing out right now. But it wasn't, some, it wasn't her father going, oh, I want to control this woman's life. It was her father saying, if she doesn't have control over her money, then some bad man can't come take it from her. Um, so I don't know, you just, that reminded me of that, that, you know, control and all of that kind of stuff. Now her father may have a lot of issues with him, but, um, I, I'd like to think that she's in a position now where she would not be a victim of coercive control, like these men that were after her in her twenties. But, um, I think that's at the root of, of a lot of the decisions as to whether or not she's capable of making her own choices. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. A really good point. It was for her protection. But I think the most important thing I learned this week is that as of this week, ABBA has now spent 1,000 weeks on the British pop charts. ABBA gold. (laughs) I know. Is that crazy or what? (laughs) 1,000 weeks. And I had to get out a calculator to figure out how long that was. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. The article was saying 1,000 weeks, and I was not believing that that meant 20 years. Me neither. <laughs> and it's not even like one of their main original, like, you know, the first albums. This is like a compilation album, right? It's Abba Gold. It's their greatest hits. It's like in my CD player right now when I drive around still. It's one of my <laughs> all-time favorite records. And it has, it is like, I think only Queen, I think only Queen's greatest hits maybe, or maybe it was... Well, it's a Queen album that it has been on the UK charts for longer and sold as many albums. I mean, oh wow. my God. that amazing? That is amazing. That just makes me so happy. I love ABBA. And the reason, it's important, the reason I know this is because one of the things I follow on Twitter is Today in ABBA. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I learned that on Today in ABBA. Oh my gosh. They, that, that article, they they mentioned the group Erasure, and I was so happy. I mean, it had nothing really to do with ABBA, other than the fact that I guess they included some of their songs. What did Erasure sing? The, uh, uh, respect, um... I tried to discover And... I hear you calling. Oh, right. And baby, please. Give me a little respect for to do me. <laughs> I think I got them confused with Yaz. How do you go? How to sing it? Alison Moyet. Well, the... I don't know. I, I only know Alison Moyet songs. I don't think I know any Yes songs, but I thought that was, if you told me a Yes song, I would have sung what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so I bet people get Erasure mixed up with like, 
gosh, I want to see New Order, but that's not it. Uh, no, I love New Order. Love them. Every time I hear you calling, I get down on my knees and come pray, pray. <laughs> final, final. Oh, and then, um, so that was also the same era as, um, gosh, you remember um, Sunscream? There's something triangle or something. Bizarre triangle. Oh, bizarre love triangle. Ah, is that is that who's saying that? Yeah. Wait, that sounded like that's the hustle. New totally different era, but hey, that's cool. Yes, but. You know, we're still, I don't know how we got from ABBA to New Order, but um, what's your favorite ABBA song? Go. It. You know what? It's Dancing Queen, and I know that seems like a cliche, but to me, it's the perfect song. It's just every everything everything in the world is in that song, the music and the chord structure and the words and the Muriel's wedding and all of that stuff. It's all... I was going to say, take a chance on me. When my um, nephew was nine, I was, oh gosh, uh, just barely 19, I think. And uh, he was living in Germany with his dad. His dad was in the military. So they would send us cassette tapes of my nine-year-old nephew singing ABBA songs in German. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know. And then just la- before COVID hit, my girlfriend is a um, sign language interpreter, and she was interpreting for Mama Mia at uh, a school right here in um, fi- uh, uh, 520. What is that, Medina? Uh, what's that area? Uh, um, Mercer Island. And um, so I got to watch it uh, with te- with teenagers doing it. And, you know, the were teenagers music. doing a movie about finding the, fa- the real father? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's hilarious. But anyway. It, yes. It, it, yes. The irony was not missed. But it was they did such a fabulous job and always uh, take a chance on me and Dancing Queen is always going to be. I mean, right. the beginning of yeah, Dancing Queen. You just go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anna, what's yours? It is. T- I think it's take a chance on me. I mean, I, I thought Waterloo, Fernando, but I'm like, nah. Take a chance on me is like, you know, if you change your mind, I'm the first in line. Take a chance, honey. I'm still free. Take a chance, take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. I also love the winner takes it all. That's a oh yeah amazing song. It's hard to sing, but it's but I do it anyway. Yeah. How does it go? The winner takes it all. I'm not going to sing it for you. You you don't need that. (laughs) Okay, Laura, you do it. I don't want to talk about things we've gone through. (laughs) Though it's hurting me, now it's history. I played all my cards, and that's what you've done too. Nothing more to say No more race to play 
the dice. They throw, they roll the dice. The Their hands as cold as ice. So I played my cards. <laughs> uh, yep. And now that's that what you've done too. That's right. Nothing more to say. No more ace to play. It's a talking song. <laughs> it's a talking, oh, is it a talking song? Well, no, but yeah. It is and it isn't. Yeah. Like they they actually talk in it while the music's going. Like that kind, kind of, of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, Good. it is. I mean, it's yeah. it's song, but it's it's really like spoken song. Yeah. I agree with that. And it's the one thing in the movie, the movie Mamma Mia. I love the movie Mamma Mia. It's yeah. a terrible movie. Oh. Pierce Brosnan had, <laughs> had no business being in that movie, but but I still love it, and I've seen it like a thousand times. And I will tell you, Meryl Streep rocks. Winner takes it all. I still got to see that. What? Lori, <laughs> every time I don't see a movie, you you are so appalled. You know why? Because what? you you are Anna, the movie you haven't queen. Seen Mama Mia? <laughs> Wait, who? Wait, what's it called? <laughs> what? Wait, Anna what? quotes Mama so Mia? many movies when you haven't seen the ones that I've actually seen. <laughs> I no, I haven't seen Mama Mia. Um. It's really. But I do know. Is it, <laughs> and that's why I should music. watch it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you guys, I, I did. I did um, sit down with my daughter um, to watch Mary Poppins, but we only watched the first half because <laughs> we were like, "What? Where is the adversity going to come in?" We couldn't figure it out. <laughs> we're, we're like, there, "There's worst. What?" <laughs> Maybe we need to see the uh, Emily Blunt version. No. Is, is there I mean, adversity in that one? or what? Okay, no. Yeah, yes and no. Okay, first of all, there is adversity in Mary Poppins. You just have to watch past the first half. If that's really what you need out of a movie, that was a whole hour and a half. I think that was an hour and a half. That is like a five-hour movie. Can't you just have We were like, okay. Do you need adversity? Can't you just enjoy it? No. <laughs> we need We need drama. All right. And then, yes, the Emily Blunt version is is lovely. I really enjoyed it. But honestly, structurally, it's the exact same movie. It's not a remake. It's just like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, you know how, uh, like, a, uh, um, I can't even, I'm trying to think of a car comparison. Two cars are the exact same car, but they're different cars. Oh, Honda and Acura? Yeah. I don't know. I no, no, like like a, a Honda Civic and a Toyota Corolla are like the same car, right? But oh, Honda makes yeah. one and Corolla mm-hmm. makes one. So Mustang. Mary Poppins 2 is the same movie as Mary Poppins, but with different music and different actors and different songs. So if you're <laughs> if it's adversity you're looking for, I guess you have to watch Fast Furious 9. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> So is Julie Andrews the Civic or the Accord? Oh, she's the she's the Lexus. She's the Jaguar. Ooh. Julie oh, okay. Is the, okay. Is, is the Jaguar? The Jaguar. But Emily Blunt is still a Porsche. I mean, you know, she's pretty awesome. Yeah. Fernando, there was something in the air. That night. The stars. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Does your mother know that you're out? I love that one, too. Oh, and don't forget about the office version of Take a Chance on Me when Andy <laughs> tries to propose to Angela <laughs> on an answering machine with his 
his chorus group from uh, what was it? Cornell. What were they called? The um. Oh God! What were they called? The oh. Okay, this I have to look up. I can't not remember. Andrew, this. Andy Bernard's <laughs> Cornell acapella group. Here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. No. Here comes trouble. Yeah, that must be it. Here comes trouble. Oh. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, well. It does. It seems like it was well. something different. Do, do you guys remember Ross. Monica and Ross in high school? They did a routine. Do you remember their dance routine? Yes. So, yes. Oh, the routine. Yeah. So Monica is like really good friends with Ed Sheeran. So they did the routine together. It's on a oh video. Ed Sheeran and Courtney Cox. You're kidding. Yeah, Ed Sheeran and Courtney Cox. They're like <laughs> best friends. They hang out. But he knew he knew how to dance. That's he cool. knew the routine. <laughs> I, I think she did it with her her daughter on on Instagram. Or oh, that I saw. I saw her do it with her daughter. I saw that one. Yeah, oh, that's, but that's cool. That and Sharon did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. You, you'd have had to watch that a lot to know that routine. I mean, right. and I guess most of us have, but. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it had something to do with their elbows. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was part of it. I don't know. We haven't. Do have we talked about the Friends reunion, you guys? We haven't talked about that, have you? Have you guys seen it? I have not seen no, it yet. I have not. I'm a little um, scared too. It's really lovely. I Is I enjoyed it, it. I I was I was afraid to watch it also, but it really it's fun. They did a lot of really fun stuff with it, and it's not over the top. It's just I liked it. Yeah. Oh, that's it's good. not worth like getting hbo max just to see but if you already happen to have hbo max it's uh it's worth watching i think get hbo max for the nevers and for mayor of east town oh i just watched mayor of east town oh my god i love it Lori, have you seen it you know what if i was there i would be like you must see it (laughs) is it what is it on netflix it's on uh, hbo max it's a limited series oh mayor of Six or eight episodes. It's not the one with Ted Danson. The one just called Mayor. Mayor, M-A-R-E, though. Um, Mayor. Mayor of East Town. It's like six six or eight episodes, something like that. And uh, the only reason why we discovered it is because of the Nevers, because it just happened to be on right after that. Mm. uh, That show. You'll have Um, to text me those two. Okay. I don't know anything about the Nevers. What is that? That one's more of a science fiction um, set like in the in the 19th century is these um, people who have these powers all because of some extraordinary event that happened one day and when it happened certain people just got these powers but then of course there's people you know society thinks oh they're evil blah that kind of sort of thing it's really good and I think you'd like the main character guys cool um we probably are over time for this week, but I remembered something else I wanted to talk about, and oh my god, it just went out of my head. What? Was it NCAA? That too, yes. But we can talk about that next week. What, what were you guys going to talk about that one? I wasn't finding the an article, but was it about their whole new rule? Yeah, it's fascinating. What what I what I wanted to talk about, and we can we can do it next week, is that. Um, when I first heard about this, I would, my first thought was like, oh, great, now the football players are just going to get richer. But now what I'm, I'm seeing, the things that people are already doing, and it's all across the board, these, these twin um, 
women who play for some small college basketball team but have a huge following on TikTok. They have like a million followers and growing. Like this rule came down Wednesday, and by Thursday they had a deal with Boost Mobile. Um, and it's really actually going to help some of the smaller sports, you know, kids who, who uh, because of social media, um, are really popular, and it's going to help. You know, and the and I'm thinking, well, what would a, what would AT and T care about that? Because it gets them into a region. So instead of waiting for somebody who's a big national star, they can they can get some of these kids that are in smaller things, and they're allowed to get agents to do it. And so so yeah, there's going to be football players that'll benefit, but um, it's real, it's very interesting, and we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, so yeah, we we can do that next week. Okay, yeah, that that is interesting. I, I didn't know what you guys were talking about. So I was like, okay, I'll Google it, you know, what NCAA and see what's in the news. And then I saw that pop up. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting, because of the whole history of them not being able to put the likeness and whatever, you know, the, the whole background. Um, and, and then I was like, why, why wouldn't they want the kids to make more money when they can and all that stuff. And you know, I guess it's just because they want to make the money. <laughs> is that I, you know, like one, I was looking at one thing and it said chief critic, Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Like, I'm like thinking, okay, wait, that guy, you're going to use that guy as the, no the guy who's going to be a critic of all this. And he's like, it's important for these colleges to maintain important traditions. Are they, are they really being fairly compensated? Is that that's the whole reason why, right, that they that they're deciding this rule? Should change. Yeah, it 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 um you know basically the schools were benefiting on the backs of the students who weren't getting any compensation. Now you could say, and I and I used to be someone who who said this. Well, they're getting a free education. Um, I mean, they really are. You know, the a, a full ride scholarship is basically a free education for those that want to take a benefit of the actual education part of it. But the NCAA, particularly in football and basketball make so much money off of these student athletes and um so and they even they even call them student athletes and you know I don't even you know how many of them actually a lot of you know in basketball they leave after their second year they can they can't do that in football but in but in basketball that you only have to play I think one year now to have eligibility for the NBA so it's really it's already a training ground anyway which is unfair because I shouldn't it's unfair to say that because there are plenty of athletes who are there for the education um but it's um so what happened was individual states California was one of them I think there were seven or eight other states that went ahead and passed laws that said, well, we're going to let colleges in our state let the kids get endorsements and do deals. But then that made for an unlevel playing field because the recruiting was like, well, of course I'm going to go to UCLA because then I can sell my social media, whereas if I go to Ohio State, I can't. And that's why the NCAA had no choice but to, to dissolve the rule because it was going to skew recruiting. But it's every, you know, I just like that it's every sport. I love that it's, you know, yeah. water polo, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the sports are. I think this will actually help increase visibility uh, for some of these things. Lacrosse. What's it called when they do the whole uh, swimming synchronicity? Oh. <laughs> Synchronized swimming. Oh, synchronized swimming. Synchronized <laughs> Lori, that's really what Lori does. She talks about how she goes, quote, swimming with her sister in the mornings. They're actually a synchronized swimming team. 
<laughs> I love it. Lori, I would love to see. I actually can see you doing synchronized swimming. For some reason, I think of you as somebody who could do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, should we wrap this one up? Yes. Put this in the yeah. books? Yes. yes. Thank you both for always keeping this podcast going because the show must go on. Uh, we miss you, though. Aww. We're we so much happier when you're with us. Well, I did listen and learn this last episode 104. Oh. Um, <laughs> I found out. Did you heart, heart, heart poop it? <laughs> I, you know, you guys were going back and forth with this heart, heart, heart poop. And I'm like, what are they doing? And finally, when I listened to the entire thing, I'm like, that's what they're doing. I was so embarrassed. Heart, heart, heart pooping. That was such a funny. That was so funny. It's a thing I now on so our, our board meeting. We always end it with heart, heart, heart poop. <laughs> Yay. Heart, 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 heart poop. Heart, 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 poo. <laughs> Where can we find you when we need you guys? Uh, I am on Twitter at Claire Beverly. I'm at CoachLori.com. I'm on Instagram at JustMeAnnaD. And uh, I'm Anna D on Twitter. Hip, hip, hooray! Well, have a safe and happy 4th of July weekend. Yay! You too. Thank you. Yes. And, and enjoy your three-day weekend if that applies to you. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> stay safe. Don't burn anything. <laughs> you don't need any more wildfires. Keep no, all your fingers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you have to do a reveal, just reveal it. Just say it. But we don't mean to tell you what to do. <laughs> no, because we would never do that. Unsolicited device. No, no one wants it. Oh. <laughs> Well, this is Listen and Learn or Not. If you change your mind, I'll be first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. Gonna be around. If you got no place to go, if you're feeling down, if you're all alone, when the pretty birds have flown, honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. Gonna do my very best, and that ain't no lie. If you put me to the test, if you let me try, take a chance on me. That's all I ask of you, Angela. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.